Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. OK, we will start with the, uh, the coach trip to Doncaster, or was it a coach trip to Doncaster, Dave? Well, it was a coach trip to Doncaster. Um, every report refers to it as a coach trip to Doncaster races, mm. uh, even though uh, the coach party, I think some of whom were members of the, the Lindsay Con Club, and I think that's constitutional club, not conservative club, uh, in uh, South Wales, went to Doncaster. They didn't have tickets uh, to get into the races. They weren't able or eligible to get into the races. Uh, and yet it, it's, it's once again portrayed as, as that horse racing is in some way culpable for um, spreading COVID-19. It's, I think there was a lot of lazy reporting around the Cheltenham Festival. It infuriated me to read uh, in so many stories about 250,000 people, when, of course, there were 60,000 people a day. I think the jockey club's uh, estimate was that between 100 and 120,000 individuals visited Cheltenham during the four days because of uh, those who went uh, to more than one day. This does show, I suppose, that uh, that racing has become something of a, of a target, not necessarily a soft target, but a target uh, when people are discussing uh, COVID-19 and how it's it, spread. It's a worry as we head into, well, you can call it a second lockdown, multiple regional lockdown, circuit breaker, whatever you will. We are heading into another period of um, a major upheaval for people's lives. And if racing is in the crosshairs, that's not going to make life very easy, is it? it no, it's not. But I, I often talk, and this is often in relation to the Prokush, about a front foot <laughs> confident ethical defence of what racing does. And that's one criticism I would make of the BHA, and I know that uh, that maybe some of my criticisms people took exception to during the summer, but I, I think that during that time it was incumbent on racing to mm. mount a strong ethical front foot defence and that includes the Cheltenham Festival. There was so much myth peddled around uh, the Cheltenham Festival and yet largely Racing Inc., stayed silent, and I think that was a mistake. There's not that much more to add on Phoenix Thoroughbreds to the discussion we had last week. The BHA has temporarily, it says, suspended uh, Phoenix Thoroughbreds from, from making entries. An Irish entry got through that by mutual agreement with, with Phoenix was then, was then taken out. Where do you see this headed, this particular story, Dave? Uh... Where can it head? Well, I mean, I think I think it's got as far as it it's almost going to go, isn't it? Unless unless Phoenix well, thoroughbreds, as, as things stand, it has to have some sort of resolution either which way because they're in a holding pattern at the moment, which is based on the BHA or Weatherby's requirement to to to, sure. to source the the or to to accurately gauge the provenance of Phoenix's funds. Yeah, well, in that case, then the the, the investigation or whatever you might want to call it, will establish it one way or the other, won't it? That, uh, that Phoenix Thoroughbreds, that they're, they're happy uh, with the origins of their funds and therefore clear them to run in Britain in the future, probably with some measure of an apology, or they conclude that it's, it's not, uh, it, that the origin of those funds are not what they want 
uh, in British racing and that they won't do. I mean, I think what happened there is, is, is logical, isn't it? That back to Brussels, obviously trained in Ireland by Fozzie Stack, was entered mm. uh, for that race. Uh, the BHA are not, uh, are, are not able to uh, make rulings about foreign train runners. And so in that sense, in, in that small part of the story, the, the right conclusion was reached. And at the moment, they've got a degree of cooperation between the, the entity and the, and the regulator. Yeah. It's when that cooperation starts to break down that the story is going to become a bit more interesting yeah indeed it does uh but then if the cooperation does break down then surely the the it's the it's the regulator that holds the if the if not the pro cush the the whip hand in that uh, in that sense let's talk about logician who is uh, a horse who won the St. ledger last year of course and had horrific um uh, peritonitis from which he nearly died and came back to win a, a fairly um uneventful match race at Doncaster last week. But what's the future for this horse? And could he yet be one of the great stars of, uh, of the back end of this year, Dave? I don't think he's going to be one of the stars of the back end of this year. When he won that match at Doncaster, when he was, what, 14 to 1 on or something mm. like that, um, John Gosden said afterwards, in fact, we didn't actually have to ask him for future targets. He volunteered uh, that there are no targets just at the moment. But he declared anything's possible. And we said, well, does that mean uh, uh, an ambitious, audacious uh, challenge for the ARC, possibly against Prince Khalid's uh, Enable? And he said, well, yes, it does at the moment, but this is all about next year as well for this horse. So it wasn't a massive surprise that yesterday at the... Uh, the virtual Henry Cecil open week weekend uh, stage in Newmarket that he said, right, well, we're going to aim at a, gr a Group 3 race, the Cumberland Lodge at Cumberland Lodge mm. um, at Ascot on October the 3rd. And then after that, we will look at uh, the big targets for next year. He did, at Doncaster, mention the King George as a, as a, a feasible focus uh, for 2021. So this wasn't, I don't think this was a massive surprise. I think we would, we would have been surprised to see this horse uh, at Paris Longchamp on October the 4th. But it, he's a very, obviously he's still unbeaten. He's a newsworthy horse. I think for, for me, the news point here is that John Gosden is already covering a lot of bases for next year. So on the presupposition we'll be without Enable next year, then we still might have Stradivarius for Gold Cups and all sorts of other things. But uh, that decision not been made yet. But we've got this horse, Logician, for the middle distance division. We've got Mishriff, who's likely to be dominating in the 10 furlong division. He's got, do you see what I mean? He's already looking... Yes, I, I Which do. every great trainer has to do. Yes, I do. But at the same time, Gosden's MO is not to, is, is, is not to take massive jumps mm. uh, with horses. Exactly. But to, so, look a, but to look a long yeah. way ahead. Yeah. Um, looking rather more immediately to this, to this arc. We've still got Love. We've still got Enable. We've still got Stradivarius. Uh, we've still got Rabia who was second in one of the trials last week. Um, it, we've still it, got Mogul. Well, we've we have got, we've now we, got, we've we have now got Mogul. We've now added Mogul to the yeah. mix for Aidan O'Brien. Yes. So what do you make of the race? Uh, well, it's very exciting, isn't it? Um, I hope that, uh, fingers crossed, that one is able to uh, report from Paris and that, that COVID-19 allows us to do that. Which uh, the, will you be allowed to do that? Uh, well, as things stand, yes. Mm. And then obviously... Uh, I think self-isolate in Britain for 14 days after. You don't get it. You don't get any exemption. I'm not for, an elite sportsman, but being, being part of an elite sporting event. I believe I know. <laughs> you don't get any exemption. You can't take no. a test. And no, no. It, that was a bit mean. What was just said in my ear, uh, but. Um, 
that being an elite journalist. Um, but is there uh, such a thing? I think that no, it's a tremendously exciting race. Obviously, Mogul. Um, I think that he was probably favoured by the, the the way that the race was run in the Grand Prix de Paris, uh, in that the the principles seem to come from the well, not seem to they did come from the back. Um, obviously, uh, the, the clash between Love and Enable is a, a, a mouth-watering one. Uh, it's obviously going to be difficult for Enable. Love gets loads of weight. The three-year-old fillies have done very well. Stradivarius. I don't think he uh, harmed his claims at, uh, on trials day, but equally, I think he's probably an unlikely winner anyway, uh, and I'm happy to be proved wrong. He ran a perfectly um, accreditable race, uh, what was it, last week, but I still think that the, the, the heat of a mile-and-a-half Group 1 like the Arc will probably find him out in terms of pace. An Arc will be played out in front of at least 5,000. Yes, yes. Uh, the uh, Olivier de Loire suggested a couple of weeks ago that they might be able to get another five, a, a zone of 5,000 yeah. uh, fans, but he said it's a slim chance, and I think that uh, that's somewhere between slim and, uh, and none now. But you certainly couldn't fault their, their efforts, which have been quite amazing during the course of this summer season. Let's talk about uh, Tom Watson, um, the former Labour frontbencher, a uh, very significant uh, Labour politician who is now uh, having taken quite an entrenched position uh, against uh, or, or an entrenched position in a bid to um, curb problem, problem gambling is now taking up a role, an advisory role to uh, the parent company of Paddy Power Betfair yeah, and Skybet. Yeah. Um, yes, and what this shows, and I, I, I'm, I'm very positive about this, is that uh, gambling as an activity, has been under fire for a while now. Obviously, lots of activity on social media. Uh, it's interesting that papers like The Guardian and The Daily Mail see, seem to see w with the same eye on issues like this, i.e. that it's a, it's a pernicious activity that, uh, that damages lives. Now, th what this shows is that it's, it's another attempt by the gambling industry to recruit someone... Tom Watson, of course, fell out of favour in the Labour Party because he wasn't one, one of Corbyn's uh, men. Uh, I think that he did an awful lot of good work when it came to, uh, to the food industry and sugar, something that I, I've always been, mm. uh, well, not always, but latterly been passionate about. He lost a, an awful lot of weight and changed his diet. Um, and it, it, he's obviously Michael Duger, a former, uh, uh, one of uh, Gordon Brown's, people from the early part of the century is at the gaming council um, and and I think this is a I think this is a positive thing I think that it's it's within all our interests to show those of us who work in a, in an industry that has always been hand in glove uh, with gambling to show that when this is uh, when it's it's measured and uh, it, it is done responsibly it is a an activity that, that that should not harm people, mm. an activity that, that people should be able to engage in freely. It's a shrewd political move. Yeah, it is very it? much for, so. For this company to be shoring up their, shoring up their defences. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a razor-sharp move. Um, Tom Watson, who has taken up a, an advisory role to the parent company of Paddy Power Betfair. Uh, Colin Tizard, I mean, our thoughts are now turning to the jump season, aren't they? A little bit. I mean, not everybody's, but you know, just a little bit of back of your mind. Mark Howard's book's coming out and... Uh, Excellent forward. And um, we're starting to think about 
the big jump strings and who might be the power bases this uh, this winter. And some sort of news came through this week that uh, Colin says I was now training for Simon Manier and Isaac Swed, another string to his bow. Yeah, and, and you know the the, the Tizard team over the last well thick end of a decade, possibly even more, have incrementally increased. Uh, of I don't want to use the the phrase gone from strength to strength, but just have, have improved. Obviously, uh, 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 two or three years ago, they took the decision to. Uh, to, to um, reduce their their business model with the cattle mm-hmm. uh, and concentrate more uh, on horse racing, uh, they, they they moved to a new yard last season. Of course, lost in translation was almost at one point the the poster boy of three mile chasing in the UK. Uh, uh, with that that win in the Betfair Chase, obviously then ran disappointingly at Kempton and was a, a very creditable third uh, in the Gold Cup. He's going to be nine in 2021, uh, but it, it's a it, it's a an, another uh, another sign that uh, this this yard is well going further. Mm. That Munir and Suede, they're big spenders, and thus far the Tizard team haven't been dealing in largely in the telephone numbers that lots of the trainers that they rub shoulders with have, with exceptions, but generally I don't think they've been spending quite the same cash. Candidate for champion? Oh, I, I, I hope so, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, if you were, say, say you, I mean, Paul Nichols lost his crown again in the truncated season last year to Nicky Henderson. If you were Henderson or Nichols now... You know who would you look at as your as your next biggest de- danger? Oh, de- definitely. Uh, you yeah. know the, the other thing as well with because he's going to have the re- all the big they, money races. They, they've had it? a couple of disappointing Cheltenham's, which hasn't helped in terms of uh, a push for the championship. But um, I, you know we, we all wish we all wish the family well. They they were dealt a devastating loss with the loss of Kim back in May, uh, Colin's daughter. They're a hugely popular family within. Uh, the jump racing community. They've achieved great things, and I hope they achieve a lot more. And it won't be long now until we're turning our attentions to the winter game. Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Albasti at Cruel Dubai.